You're listening to Your Credit Today with your host, Angela Setters-Vissard, sponsored by Conquer Credit Management. Hey, what's up, everybody? It's A to the N to the G, your shameless host. Thank you so much for coming to the show. I just want to remind you to make sure and hit that subscribe button. Tell all your friends and family about your credit today. I have so much to share with you, so much insight and so much important information that some of you may or may not know. So make sure to share this with your family, your friends, your coworkers. It's really important stuff. So enough of that crazy stuff. Let's just get into the show. So today, what we're going to be talking about is different credit scenarios. I've always talked about one of the things that I just love is what I do. On a daily basis, I'm kind of like a private investigator. (laughs) Every time someone calls me with a new scenario or situation, I get to go into my little box of understanding and say, okay, Let's put this on the board and figure out how we're going to deal with this. But today I want to kind of talk about some real stories that happen that are things that happen pretty much every day, not the really difficult stuff. We'll get into the difficult stuff later. Let's talk about the things that happen all the time that I hear. So a lot of you out there have businesses or you are just a very busy person, you have a lot going on financially, and you have trusted or hired someone to take care of your bills, take care of your books, make your payments, make sure that everything is going A-OK copacetic with your finances. And I think that's really great, but we have to understand that people are people, so why should it be? Okay, I'm not going to say. But people make mistakes because they are human and there is human error. And hey, listen, the other thing is, is that there's not just human error, but there's also computer error. A lot of different things happen and we have to have a heightened awareness of what's going on in our own life. It's not enough to just say, you know what, here's my stack of bills or here's my box of bills, handle it. You really have to have a handle on what's going on, have an understanding of what this particular person is doing for you. Hey, even if it's your mama paying your bills, let me tell you, you need to know what's going on because it can come and bite you in the bootay in the time that you need it the most. So, you know, I had a call the other day. It was a top real estate agent and he called me about improving his credit because he was really upset that he had an assistant that made some really huge errors. And he went on to kind of tell me his car payments were late. He had some medical bills. And the most important thing that he was super upset about was that he had an IRS monthly payment plan that he was on that he was making. And his assistant forgot to fund the bank account that these funds were coming out of every single month. And so unfortunately, when you fall out of a plan with the IRS, it can be difficult to get back into that plan and they can charge you penalties and interest and all kinds of wacky things that we won't get into on this show. But the main point that we're talking about is that someone wasn't paying attention because unfortunately, it wasn't their bills or their problem. It was just their job. 
And, you know, just keeping it real with people, you know my thing, K-I-R, keeping it real, we have to know enough to be dangerous. We have to know enough about all of our bills, our bank statements, the different things that are going on financially in our life so that we can stay abreast of what we need to tell these people that are working for us and also how they should report to us. So he was really, really up in arms and he was upset that he, you know, he's responsible for so many people because he owns a company and this could ruin his foundation of credit facilities running his company, not to mention his personal ability to go and buy a car or refinance his house. It really came up to, you know, kind of turn over what he's doing for as a businessman. So, of course, the first thing that I did was calm him down and center him and get him into the Zen place so that he understood that, listen, it happened. You can't do anything about it except for work with me. Let's figure out the problem. And I coached him with some good ideas for the future. And of course, he became a client of ours so that we could fix the errors and the mistakes. But the thing that I really helped him understand was that there are different ways and systems that you can use so that these things don't happen in the future. So number one, what we did is we created a monitoring account for him. So from now on, he knows what's going on and when things are due. You've heard me talk about in my old shows that monitoring your credit is so important. I've talked about the fact that we insure our cars, we insure our homes, we insure our health, we insure our life, life insurance, but we don't insure the one thing which he was experiencing that can come and bite you. You don't monitor your credit, which is an insurance policy so that you know what's going on. Had he had this in place, he probably wouldn't be having these situations. Now, why did I say probably? Because I have a lot of people that sign up for these services and they pay no attention to the alerts that come in. So if you're going to monitor your credit, it's really important that you Look at the alerts when they come to your phone or they come to your email and you investigate what's going on. So the next thing we did was we set up some reminders from each of his credit card companies to let him know if he's within 10 days of being past due on any of his accounts. This is called an early warning system. And every single credit card company has the ability and the technology to set this up for you. All you have to do is go online to your credit card company and set up these reminders. It's super, super important because the last thing you want to have is a 30-day late payment on a credit card that the bill is $100. And you know that you have the $100. You were just out of town or you forgot. But let's say that you're out of the country. The great thing about this is, is it's going to ping you. It's going to text you. It's going to send you an email and let you know, hey, dum-dum. No, I'm I'm not calling you a dum-dum. I'm just saying, hey, you, you owe your bill. It's about to be late in 10 days. Make sure you pay it. Now, If you don't pay attention to that alert, now we have another issue. And there are ways to set it up where it shows 10 days, five days, two days, et cetera. But the point is, is that you need a reminder so that you don't actually make that late payment. 
The third thing that we did was we created a plan for him to speak to his assistant about he wa- how he wants to uh, be communicated to, basically. All of the accounts that are being paid, um, he wants a report on a monthly basis. And, you know, why is it that we do this? Because it creates transparency and accountability within the relationship that you have with someone that's paying your bills. So saying that, friends, uh, we are doing something different today, and we have a caller that has called in and has a very important credit question. Hello, caller. How are you today? I'm good. Thank you. How are you? I'm doing wonderful. So I understand that you have an important credit question. Give it to me. I do. Thank you so much. Um, So I'm curious, when one begins to work on their credit, when are you going to begin to see your efforts kind of come through where it changes your score for better? What like what kind of window are we looking at? Is that like a week, two weeks? Uh, a week or two weeks, she wants to know, friends. <laughs> not realistic. Right. Not very realistic, but you know, like what should I expect if I begin to be working on my credit? And kind of checking my score. I don't want to be frantically looking every day to see improvements. Like what, what's a realistic time frame for that? Well, that's a really good question. And thank you so much for that because um, I want to kind of um, uncover what she's saying. One of the things is, is that a lot of people think that it's very easy to repair your credit and that it's a very quick and effortless process. But it, I, I have to say it, unfortunately, what it takes is an extreme amount of effort in dealing with your creditors. So number one, the answer to that question can be very vague. And the reason for that is, is it depends on the types of derogatories that you have on your credit history, how long they've been there, if you have collections that need to be paid. There's a lot of varying different factors that go into that. But the one thing that I do want to say is that there are a lot of different things that one can do to increase their FICO score quite rapidly, but not in the one to two weeks that you mentioned, really it takes about 30 to 45 days to see any type of change happen in your FICO score from a positive standpoint. And the way that you can do that a lot of times is if you have credit cards that you're using and let's say that your balances are a little bit high, you can bring your credit to debt ratios down. If you have credit cards that you haven't used in a long time, utilization factor is super important to the FICO score and the analytics that it uses or the mathematics that it uses. And if you use a credit card, let's say that you haven't used in over a year, that will be also something that can increase your FICO score quite rapidly. Talking about collection accounts, um, there are a lot of different collection agencies that are super easy to work with as long as you can prove that maybe you didn't receive the bill, you didn't understand the bill, and you're willing to pay the collection in exchange for deletion. So there are a lot of different things that you can do to get what I would call a quicker turnaround time. But typically, when you are repairing your credit, and let's say that you have a handful of derogatories, let's say you have five to 10 derogatories, you can expect that the process is going to take anywhere from 60 to as much as 120 days before you'll have what's called a bankable FICO score. 
And I think that's what's really important to know and understand when you are making a decision, let's say that you want to go and buy a house or you want to buy a car and you're looking at your credit history and you're planning or you're forecasting ahead and saying, hey, you know what? I've got these particular derogatory items on my credit history. I'm going to sit down and I'm going to make a plan of action on how I'm going to go after these, but knowing and understanding that it's not going to happen in 60 days. So hence why I said planning ahead. Does that help to answer your question? Absolutely. Gives me a very clear vision on the direction and plan of attack. Yes, thank you. Okay. Did you have any specific questions on maybe any type of derogatory? One specific one that I have is like student loans. Some have been paid back, but there's a handful that need to be paid back. But it's quite old. So A, it's old, and then B, um, the the college itself is no longer, so... Okay. That's a really good question because a lot of people ask that question with respect to um, colleges that have gone out of business. Um, Here's the thing. When you take out the student loans, all of that is government-backed funds. So whether the school is in business or not any longer, you actually never owed the money to the school. You owed it to the government. And unfortunately, with student loans, it's a really tough subject because a lot of people don't like to hear this. But the truth is, is that they never go away. They're kind of like taxes. So, you know, unfortunately, and the other thing to know and understand about that is that they can accrue huge penalties and interest. So the longer you don't uh, address them, the more they cost you. There are a lot of different programs out there and where you can consolidate your loans. Um, There are a lot of different forgiveness facilities and programs that are out there, um, specifically for people that are in different professions like teachers or doctors or stay-at-home moms. Um, uh, There's a lot of different programs that you can enter into to where you can get forgiveness on your student loans. But the biggest thing that I tell people to do is not to, you know, put them in the back burner. Address them as soon as you possibly can so that you can get on a payment plan that's reasonable for you because there's all kinds of different plans. You know, there's not just one plan, one size fits all. It's really dependent on what kind of income you have. And the cool thing is, is that with the student loans, they're not going to take into consideration if you are married, what your spouse's income is. They're only going to look at your income. So, you know, for instance, if, you know, you're a teacher and uh, you're a first year teacher, teacher and you're not, you know, at the income that a 25-year teacher is at, then you're going to get more forgiveness than someone who's been in the business 25 years because their salary is higher. So there are a lot of varying different factors that go into the student loans and how you can pay them back and how you can get back on the saddle as far as paying them back and get them out of your life. (laughs) Uh (laughs) Would you go about contacting them directly? Yes. You can, you can contact directly whoever it is that is collecting the student loans and, or, um, there are a lot of different companies out there. I won't say their names because, uh, they ain't paying me to say their names. No, (laughs) no, but there are a lot of companies that you can Google out there that do refinances on student loans, do consolidation on student loans. There's a lot of different options that are out there. And I would just implore you to go out there and Google it. For sure. Okay. Awesome. All right. I love it. All right. Well, thank you so much for calling. Have a great day.
Thanks, you too. Bye-bye. Bye. So as you can see, friends, there are a lot of different questions that people have out there because credit is a mystery. But I am here to unfold those mysteries. So we have another caller on the phone. Caller, hello. How are you today? I'm good. Thank you. How are you? I'm doing wonderful. Well, thank you so much for coming on your credit today. I understand that you have an important credit question and I would love to answer it. I do. I have a question on behalf of my husband who would never ask on his own. So here's my question. (laughs) Okay. What do we have to do Um, for our husbands? My husband basically had a perfect credit rating with his uh, leased BMW. Uh And recently he realized that he went a week past his grace period. And he says that when he called them, they are very, in his words, unforgiving because it made him so angry that he messed up, but he's thinking, okay, let me call them. Let me make the payment. Let me tell them, do not report it to the credit bureaus. And I don't think he got very far with them. He kept calling their BMW. He kept saying BMW is very unforgiving. In any case, I I guess I want to know, is there a way around how the BMW finance department reacts to a customer when they're late one time? Is there a way around that 30 day late period being reported? I would say yes. And here's the thing. A lot of people have these same instances that happen with credit cards and auto loans. It happens all of the time. It's it's very common. The thing too that we were just actually talking about is why it's important to monitor your credit and also have early warning reminders. So the first thing I want to tell you to tell your husband to do is to go on the website of BMW and make sure that he sets up an alert that texts him anytime that he's going to be about 10 days before he's 30 days past due. So that will get rid of that problem in the future. But dealing with the right now, there are always ways to avert the information that has been previously reported by presenting the facts. And the thing is, is that, so you said that he was five days past his grace period. Now, not his grace period. You mean five days past the 30-day mark, correct? Yes, yes, exactly. Okay. All right. And so when he noticed it, did he make the payment over the phone? Okay. He did immediately. Okay. So he made the payment over the phone. Now, how did he recognize that it was late? Was it because BMW alerted him or because he saw it on his statement? Um, I think it's because he kept getting calls and basically rolling his eyes like, why are they bugging me? You know, I'm not behind. And then he did a closer evaluation and said, wait a minute. Mm -hmm. I didn't make a payment in whatever month that was. And then he panicked and called them and thought he could, you know, talk his way through it. And they basically said, you know, any damage is already done. Can we have your payment? Right. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. They were just getting cut, cutthroat to the point. Absolutely. Well, yes. So what you would want to do is, and I actually did a whole show about how to write a letter to a creditor that I would um, interest you in listening to because it it, it goes over the facts point by point by point. But basically what you would want to do is you would want to either deal with the executive team of BMW and or their credit department and write a complaint letter into them, letting them know that unfortunately he was not 
alerted in time before this information actually became 30 days late. You would be surprised how much persistence and tenacity can pay off when you're trying to actually have a creditor uh, remove something that was previously reported to your credit history. Now, here's the thing that you have to understand. It's not that they have to do it. What our job is, is to compel them to do it. So I, I would really like you to go back and listen to that show because it's about 15 minutes of breaking down everything that you need to have in your letter, how you need to format that letter, and how you actually need to send it to the creditor. Because one of the mm-hmm. things that I do very often whenever I'm sending any type of correspondence to a creditor is I send it certified return receipt. And the reason that I do that is I always want to be in control of knowing and understanding that when I've sent out an important letter to a creditor or when I'm sending my taxes, whatever it is, that wherever the destination it's ending up to, someone signs that they have received that. And if I call in and someone says, oh, well, we never received that, I can say, ah, 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 no, no, no. I have this green slip right here that someone signed for it on May 23rd at three o'clock in the afternoon so that they'll go back and look look more in depth on the information that has been received. But, you know, these kinds of things happen all of the time. And I'm sorry that that happened to him. But there's a couple of different uh, tips that I have for you. Number one, is there a reason you don't have it on auto pay? Well, if it were me, it would be on auto pay. Okay. (laughs) Okay. Um, Well, now is the time. Now is the time. He may actually have it on there, but he may ignore it sometimes. And he travels a lot. And sometimes things just kind of get lost in the shuffle. And I'm guessing that as his assistant, I probably should be more on top of that. It was one of those things that I said, that's your business, but now it's becoming our business. So. Got it. Yeah. And and here's the thing. Um, I deal with a lot of clients that travel quite frequently and having things on auto pay is their only saving grace. And the other thing is, is having those early warning reminders. Now, again, you can set these up on every single one of his accounts and his credit cards. And it's, it's one of those things that really can save you at the end of the day. And you can set it up where these reminders can be sent to you, like you said, as his assistant, or they can be yeah. sent to him. So, so I, I like would, that. yeah, I would definitely do something like that so that this doesn't happen in the future. But I want to encourage you and let you know, don't give up. And just because they said no today doesn't mean no forever. You just have to fight it a little bit harder. You are going to okay. have to take some time, write them a letter and be very tenacious and persistent in trying to get the right answer, which is they will forgive you this one time. And what you want to ask is for a courtesy adjustment. Now, a courtesy adjustment means that it's just a one-time occurrence. It hasn't happened many times. This is a one-time thing. You can also take, let's say, his his itinerary from where he was traveling and present that to them and show them that he was traveling, he was, you know, in a remote place or that he was, you know, somewhere that he just didn't get the notice properly. And okay. again, I, I, I would tell you that the, the episode that talks about writing letters to your creditors is super important and kind of funny, okay. too. <laughs> okay, I look forward to listening to that. Great. Well, thank you so much for calling. I hope I was able to answer your question and encourage all of your friends to listen to Your Credit Today. Have a wonderful day. Thank you. Okay, friends. So 
That is my show for today. I hope you've enjoyed and I hope that this has been awesome information for you. Um, Tell your friends about our show and I'm out. 